0: Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Newmark Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message.
1: Hello to all of our Newmark Church family and anybody else who is tuning in today. We're so glad that you've joined us. And yes, as Pastor Raph said, we are wrapping up our identity series today. I get the privilege of sharing with you about the freedom that we have in Christ. And we really have been praying that this has been a really meaningful series for you, that you've enjoyed it. But more than that, that as we've shared the Word of God with you, that there has been revelation and insight, and there's been transformation in your life. But Before we get in today's message, I'm wondering if you just look to the screen for our identity series clip.
0: We are living in a culture that is suffering from an identity crisis. Everyone has asked the question, who am I and what am I here for? Unfortunately, we look for the answer in all the wrong places. And in doing so, we anesthetize ourselves to the truth of who God has created us to be. One of the greatest battles is to believe what God says about us. In order to walk in the freedom that God has for us, we must believe that our identity is in Christ alone.
1: Awesome. I think that's such an incredible introduction for us today. And as I said, I really hope that you've been Taking in this series and really being grasping the truths of what God's word says to us when it comes to our identity. But I get the privilege today to speak to you about freedom in Christ when it comes to our identity. And I'm so excited to share the word with you today. A few years ago, um, the kids and I visited uh, a place called Artvo in Melbourne. Uh, we were there with friends for an afternoon. And uh, it was a really fun, creative space that we were able to enjoy and Artvo, if you don't know, if you've never been to Artvo before, it's a trick gallery of art and illusions and all kinds of photos where you walk into a space or a zone and it's all this creative artwork on the walls and on the ceiling and on the floor. You might see some photos behind me of my, my kid, two of my kids who were there with me. But we had a really fun afternoon because what you do is you step into this zone and you walk into this space and your imagination starts to engage with what you see and you have this opportunity to step in and become a part of the image, a part of the photo, a part of what the story is telling in each of these spaces and so we had fun jumping in and posing at different points and seeing what it was like to imagine that we were here in this scene. It was all sorts of fun and we've got this really cool album as you can see behind me of photos that we were able to take as we're in this space. But it made me think about the way that we portray ourselves to others. And although that was a bit of fun and that was creative and that was using our imagination, that many of us can get really caught up in how we appear to the world, what our image is that we are portraying. And we especially see this on social media. Um, There's certain perspectives that we like to show and to portray in this space. And there's this image that we work really hard to create, but it isn't the complete picture and it is sometimes not even an accurate picture of who we truly are. Of course, image is actually related to our identity and this current series I think is so relevant for every single one of us because each of us go on this journey at different times in different ways of understanding who am I and what am I actually here for? But what I see and observe so many times over is that in this natural and very normal pursuit for us to discover our identity, there can be so much wrestle. There can be so much tension that people encounter, so much confusion that people come across because they're looking in all the wrong places. We're encouraged in our culture to seek your own truth to find your own pathway, make your own way. It's all up to you. You need to be self-made. And we think that this is the ultimate autonomy. We think is the ultimate control over our lives. And sometimes we even think we don't need God. We've got all the resources around us. The world has given us plenty of options. And so we don't need God to figure out who we are. And we think that being self-made is actually the ultimate goal and we actually believe that this is the pathway to ultimate freedom. But it isn't the truth. In fact, the truth is that whatever it is that helps shape your identity, whatever it is that you seek to help inform you about who you are and what you are here for, I can tell you I can guarantee you will all you will always be bound to that thing. It will always have some inevitable control or influence or some way of giving input into your life. Tim Keller believes that modern identity ideas about finding your authentic self are actually a part of causing a bigger problem in our world when it comes to handling disappointment and pain and suffering and challenges. He actually states, Christianity gives you an identity that is not as fragile, that can handle disappointments, that can handle failures, that can handle suffering in a way that the modern secular identity cannot. That's a powerful thought. That when we understand that our identity in Christ is a sure and a firm foundation, that no matter what we go through in our life, because we know it's inevitable that we will face trials, we will face challenges and tribulations, there will be a testing of our faith. But if our identity has been built upon relationships or what somebody else says that we should be or according to what the world says and and that disappoints us or that falls apart, then our identity can crumble. But if our identity is in Christ, those things can occur around us, but our identity is set firm and secure in the foundation of who Jesus is. So there's a lot at stake here. If we buy into the lie of society to be self-made, to be self-defining, then what happens is that we are forever held captive to that source of our identity. And this is where insecurity and disappointment and striving and having to prove ourselves constantly, anxiety and shame, it all becomes this vicious cycle in our life. And we're not truly free. When it comes to our identity and to finding freedom in this, there are a number of problems that I immediately see that I want us to be aware of today. The first problem is the problem of deception. There is so much deceptive messages around us in the world today and Christians are not immune to it. Satan's power and his jurisdiction of authority is only in the realms of deception. He only has authority in the realms of lies. And there is this pandemic of deception that is constantly swirling around us and being turned up the volume around us in the world today. There's lies about our identity, there's lies about our purpose, our worth, our destiny, our eternity. And as Christians, we need to wake up to the deception that is around us and we need to understand what it is that is happening and what is the strategy of the enemy against our identity. The second problem that I think we need to be aware of is that we don't actually understand that our responsibility is for our freedom. You see, Christ has paid the price. He's made the way. He's defined what freedom actually is. He's made an invitation available to us. But no one else can take the steps necessary for the freedom for us to embrace. Spiritual freedom is our ultimate responsibility. And the third problem that I see that we face when it comes to us taking hold of our freedom and our identity in Christ is that power alone is not enough to set us free. It isn't actually an encounter with the, with the power that sets us free. It is the truth. Knowing the truth, applying the truth, this is what the Bible says will set us free. Not our job, not our spouse, not our friends, not our popularity, not our self-made image. Not even just the power, but it is the truth of that power that sets us free. But the biggest revelation of all that I want you to hear today is that Satan's power is in the lie, but our power of our freedom is in the truth. You know, it's like that scene. I don't know, Breno, if you've seen the movie "The Matrix." Amy, have you seen the movie? I've seen the movie, The Matrix. I'm sure many people have seen one of the classics called The Matrix. But there's this scene that I think of in this movie between Neo and Morpheus. And uh, Neo's having this adventure. He's trying to discover what on earth he's doing here. He wants to know more about the truth. He's in pursuit of the real truth And he finds himself meeting Morpheus. And Morpheus is actually described as the one who knows more than you can imagine. And so he's found himself meeting this one who may be able to help him understand the truth. And it highlights for me this deep down feeling that I think every human being on the planet has. That we need, we're missing something about who we are, but we don't know what it is. There's this nagging feeling, there's questions that we have about who we are and why we are here. And so here is Morpheus and Neo together. And Morpheus describes to Neo that the world has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. He actually says to Neo that you were born as a slave, you were born in prison and you were born in bondage. But here is my invitation to you. And he holds out his two hands. One hand has the blue pill and one hand has the red pill. And the blue pill, he says, you can take. And right now, all of this will disappear. You'll wake up tomorrow and you'll continue on with your life. Just the same as it always was, you'll believe what you want to believe. Or you can take the red pill and you can see for yourself and know the truth. And Morpheus says, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. And I think today that we have that similar kind of choice to make when it comes to the lies of the enemy and living and existing in the same way that we always have existed or we can have the choice to take the power of God's truth and understand what it means to walk in freedom and understand what it means to walk in victory and understand who our God is and in light of who He is, who we are and who we have been created to be. This is our choice. And in the text that we read today, Jesus is addressing a lie that the Jews have begun to believe that their freedom is apart from Christ, that they don't need this truth that he's talking about. And I want to read to you from John chapter 8, starting in verse 31. And it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There it is right there. But they answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. It's like they've forgotten what their ancestors went through. How is it that you say you will become free? But Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The Son remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. This text is talking about that there is power in God's truth. There is transformation in truth. There is freedom in truth. And today I want to say to you, if you have questions or doubts or confusion or misunderstanding about who you are, it will only be the truth today that will bring real freedom in your identity. We must go to the source. We must go to the creator, the one who knows us, the one who has made us. He is the one who knows the truth about who we are. And so here we see in this picture these Jews coming and they don't get it, they don't see it, they don't understand what Jesus is even talking about. And sometimes you and I can miss the point because we've allowed the deceptions and the lies of the enemy to come and swell around us and lead us on a wrong pathway. But true freedom is only found in Jesus. He is the truth, He is the way and He is the life. Freedom in our identity is found in truth and truth is a person called Jesus. When we hear this truth, you and I have a choice to make. The key to your freedom in Christ is the application of this truth. So what difference does the truth make of Jesus in our lives? If this is the truth, if this is the Word of God that I should align my life and my identity with, if this is where I find true and lasting and eternal freedom, what is the power of this truth? Well, the first thing I want to say to you today about truth is that truth exposes false beliefs. In verse 33, we see the disciples answering Jesus. They're confused. They're not sure what he's even talking about. They don't even recognise that they may be enslaved, that they may be not embracing their true identity and freedom. And Jesus talks very bluntly, very plainly, very direct to them about this. We need to identify the lies of the enemy about our identity. We need to call them out. We need to expose them. Therefore, we will walk in our freedom. And you know, one thing that's really important about us understanding this point about truth is that our confessions and our agreements matter. So if the number one strategy of the enemy is deception, if that's his place of authority... We need to call him out on it. You know, he is the most ruthless, heartless, dangerous liar that there is. And he has no knowledge, though, of what you're actually thinking. He doesn't actually have authority over your thought life. It says that God sees and knows the thoughts and hearts of man, not the enemy. The enemy doesn't have any idea what you're thinking. But sometimes we walk around acting like... We've accepted the lies and the enemies all up in our head and they're real for us. But you see, what we need to do is we need to verbally declare and profess and proclaim against these lies of the enemy. You know, there's a time to be reflective. There's a time to quietly pray. There's a time for us to meditate. There's a time for us to sit and be silent and hear from the Lord. I don't know if many of you know this about me, but I'm a listener. I'm a really, really, really good listener. My name actually means to listen, so don't hold it against me. It's just the way that I'm wired. I'm a listener, and I'm married to a talker. (laughs) Yep, you all know that, I'm sure. But I'm also an observer, and I'm married to action man. So God's got a sense of humour with us too. But just because I'm a listener and just because I'm an observer doesn't mean I can't hold a good conversation, Breno, does it? We've had some good chats. I have something to say and when I have something to say, I say it. And then I'm quiet <laughs> because I'm probably exhausted. <laughs> but what my point is, being a listener is good Being an observer is good and important and right and I'm not at all downplaying that because I am totally confident and secure in who I am. I know it's a God-given strength of mine and I'm okay with that. But when it comes to me exposing the lies of the enemy... When it comes to us declaring the truth of God, it just isn't going to cut it for me to sit in my quiet place and to think about the Scripture that is coming against the enemy or to say in my head, oh, enemy, please stop doing that. You know, if there's a dog coming towards you, you know, teeth blaring and it's barking and it's running at full pace, you don't just stand there and think in your head, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me. No, you either run That's probably what many people would do. Or you say, you know, stop. No, don't do that. You use your voice. When it comes to the enemy, we need to proclaim. We need to declare. We need to preach the word of God. One of the things that I imagine when I'm thinking about using my voice And using the words that God has given me, using the word of God that I've been given as a weapon and as a tool, is that sometimes my silent or passive approach can actually be used by the enemy as a muzzle or a harness to control me. And uh, I think about what a, a muzzle or a harness does on a dog. And we have a massive, huge dog at home. I don't know if anybody's ever met our dog out there, but his name's Maverick. He's quite handsome. He's right behind me here. It doesn't do any justice to the size that he is. He's quite huge. He's quite powerful. But he's actually the biggest sook in the world. He's the sookie baby of our family. But when we want to take him out for a walk, he loves going on walks. He loves exploring. He loves sniffing the whole neighbourhood. That's what he does best. But he loves to go out with us. But because he's so strong, because he's so powerful... I need a harness that he can wear over his nose, which you can see on the picture behind me, because it helps me control him. It limits him. It restricts him. It lets him know that he's not the one in charge. It makes sure that I I don't lose control of him when he sees a dog or he wants to go chase a bird, that I can still navigate control over him. And I kind of see that as when we don't use our voice against the enemy. We don't use our voice to declare and to fight against the lies of the enemy, that he is controlling us. He's keeping us restricted. He's keeping us muzzled so that our words do not come against him. You know, it says in James 4, 7, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resistance requires action and it requires words. If I want to resist something, I need to act. I need to speak. I need to command something to happen. I can't just think it. I can't just read it in the Word. And as I said, there's a time and a place for that, but it isn't when it's coming to exposing the lies of the enemy. And this is where our part is, where our responsibility is in taking hold of the freedom that Christ has made possible for us. So our confession and our agreement with false beliefs matter. And when we use the truth of Christ, of who he is, as the word of God as our weapon, it sets us free from the lies of the enemy. The truth doesn't only expose lies. But number two, the truth also aligns my beliefs about God and then about myself. This is reflected in my own relationship with God. This is about my intimacy with God. This is about me understanding who God is, his character, and that it must only be filtered through the word of God. There is nothing else that I should be aligning my view of who God is than the word of God. And I have found in many seasons and in many experiences of my life that I must continually align my view of God With the word of God. You know, I'm sure, like you, like me, you have also encountered in your life, you've hit hard times, you've hit challenging seasons. There's even maybe for me at times been seasons of contradiction that I've had to navigate in my faith. But I've always had to come back to aligning my view of who God is, not based on the contradiction, not based on the circumstance or the, the challenge that I face, but based on the Word of God. You know, even some of us can have a true concept of God. We can have a biblical framework of who God is, but when we filter it through a grid of a negative experience, it can lead us. To a false conclusion about God and it's a kind of like this uh this screen that we have here today, that sometimes we can start with the correct framework of God. But Amy's going to help me to, today in this illustration because what can happen is we can have our feelings and all sorts of emotions and things can kind of get a little bit hazy and frosty and we can't quite see as clearly. And then our picture of who God is, we we can kind of see is still there. But it's changed our perception of Him And if we stay in this place where we allow this screen to continue to be distorted, that we allow the feelings, the emotions, even some of the conclusions that we draw from our circumstances to be filtered over our view of God, then we won't actually see him for who he really is. Our feelings and our experiences are not the truth of who God is. So many times we see this happen and we understand how it happens. But the Bible clearly states that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And we can find that our lives get tied up in knots and we get confused and we get overwhelmed and we get burdened because we've allowed our circumstance or our trial or our tribulation to reframe the truth about who God is if we misalign our beliefs about God, the truth is we'll eventually run into trouble. We'll run into trouble with our view of himself, but also of ourselves. And if Satan can get us to develop a distorted view of self, we'll encounter issues and problems and brokenness in our identity. And friends, this will rob us of our freedom in Christ. You know, back to me, because I'm a good illustration for some of these things. One of the lies that I wrestle with, <laughs> it's good to be honest, isn't it? But one of the lies that I have wrestled with from time to time across my life is that the enemy has whispered when God has given me an assignment or God has given me a, a situation to step into, I have felt the prompting, a clear, undeniable word from God that the enemy has still come along and whispered into my ear. But who are you to do that? You know, part of the way that I know I'm wired is that my, my, my personality doesn't necessarily want to risk it. I like comfort. I like to be safe. I like to know what's ahead of me. I don't like to draw attention to myself. So when the enemy comes to start whispering, well, who are you to do that? I can find myself beginning to embrace what he's saying to me. And it's not that I'm afraid of stepping out more than I just, I just, I'm not really sure what it's going to look like. But interestingly enough the God who created me, he still calls me to spaces and places and opportunity that has seen me many times over step out of my comfort zone, step out of this little bubble that I've created myself, being in front of people, using a microphone to obey what God has called me to do. And I don't for one second believe that the way I'm wired means I can't do those things. But when I align my identity with who Christ has called me to be, when I've chosen to define my identity with who my creator actually says I am, then he uses my personality in this unique way to shine light on himself, to show a part of who he is, to glorify Jesus. It has only been because of the truth of Christ that has aligned my beliefs about God and myself, that I have stepped many times into a space of freedom because of what God has called me to. And I can honestly say it's the most freedom I have ever experienced. And finally, what I want you to know about truth today that sets you free is that truth elevates God above everything else. To be truly free means that Jesus is on the throne of our lives. And if it's true that whatever it is that our identity comes from, that becomes our source of influence, that becomes our source of identity, then I want my identity to be found in Christ. I want to know that I am bound and and attached to who Jesus is because he is only the safe place that I can trust. And when it comes to me elevating God above everything in my life, this is not a one-time thing. This is a daily act of sacrifice, a daily act of surrender, of worship to who my God is. That as I commit to walking in the freedom that Christ has won for me and understanding the identity that he has called me to, that I would choose every day to put Jesus at the centre of my life, to allow him to lead me and to guide me into all truth and all righteousness. You know, sometimes it takes an honest look at ourselves, to have a look at maybe things that we are worshipping above Jesus. Maybe there's some idols that we have allowed to creep into our life and there are obvious idols like money or power or sex or success but what about the more subtle ones like the thing that I talked about before of being comfortable or, or hesitating or having fear or even relationships can become an idol in our lives. You know, Tim Keller says, it is, it is, What is an idol? It is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and your imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you What only God can give you. You know, I want to challenge you and me today about this elevating of God in our lives. If we want to see the truth of God revealed in our world, it needs for us to step out in faith and trust of who God is, to not play it safe, but allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us as we walk out what He's called us to. Daily worship of God. On the throne. Freedom in Christ means that we are no longer a slave to the things that rob us, but we surrender ourselves fully to God, abandoned in worship, available to Him. And Jesus very plainly says it here as I finish off this morning. He says, If you abide in me, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. You know today, church, that if you seek to know your true identity in Christ, if you are seeking to know the freedom that only comes from Jesus, I want to encourage you to run to him, to run to the Father. It is only when we abide in Christ when we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us and to show us and to reveal to us the heart and the nature and the character of our God, that we can find true freedom. And when we abide in the Word of God, we take it, we use it against the enemy to tell him where he needs to go. We use it to worship our God and to elevate who he is in our lives that is only in using the Word of God, in abiding in the Word of God, that we find that true ultimate freedom. Our revelation and our understanding of truth is the key to our freedom in Christ and reveals to us who we truly are. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, in a moment uh, we're going to worship because I believe that's just such a fitting way for us to respond in this moment to this message. And uh, we know in Scripture, it says in John four twenty four, God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth.
0: And I want us
1: to take this opportunity to align our hearts right now in this moment You know, you might feel like you're very far from God. You may feel like I don't know where to start. Well, let's start right now, right here in an act of worship to God. And as we are seeking the truth of God and the freedom of God, let's look to Him as the one who is our source, as the one who is the foundation of our faith. Let's worship Him and elevate Him above the things of this world, above the noise that we hear around us. Let's come and let's honour Him for who He is. And let's confess the truth with our mouths. As we worship today, let us use our voice. Yet let us use our proclamation and our declaration to declare the Word of God over our lives and over our situation and our circumstances. Let's worship Him and honour Him and align again our hearts with what is true and what is right and what is pure in God's eyes. Let us worship Him in that space today. Come on, stand to your feet wherever you are. Come on, let's declare the goodness of who God is. Let's lift up His Holy Name.
0: Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God, sin has separated us from that relationship. you can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.